0: Hey, this is Dimitris, the Curious Tanguero. My goal is to bring more people to tango and more tango to people. Today, I'll share with you the first part of the interview I did with Sara Gerdan and Ivan Terrazas, two wonderful, wonderful, wonderful tango teachers that I wish I had met earlier. After 14 years of learning tango, I can confidently say I have never met another couple that could explain to me with so much clarity what I need to do to improve and how to get there. I flew from Portugal to Croatia to have classes with them, and they also helped me online. In this part of the interview, we talked about the ugly truth of the plateaus that most dancers realize five or six years into their journey, and the difference between dancing with conventions instead of the inherent language of the body. We talked about what neural mirroring and two monkeys crossing a river have to do with leading and following. We discussed expressions that confuse me such as free the free leg, resist more, resist less and many other funny phrases. We covered dancing in freedom instead of carrying the follower and we touched upon the feeling of chemistry that we sometimes feel when dancing with another person and its origin. These are really awesome stuff and that was just the first part of the interview uh the other parts will be published soon if they haven't been published already by the time you listen to it all right if you haven't followed the podcast yet look for the follow button it's free it's fun you're going to learn many ways to improve your tango uh we did have a few like uh, you know connection issues so at some points you might hear the audio like freeze a little bit i'm sorry for that um but I promise you the content and the discussion was amazing. I learned so many things. Let's start. We have this call because I want to discuss what influences the progress of tango students, what makes them feel stuck, common misconceptions that might block them in their path. And the reason I reached out specifically to you was because I found your approach extremely clear. I danced and I learned tango for over 14 years. And I felt stuck in many, many, many phases of my progress. I felt bored with my own dance. I felt I was not improving. I was actually feeling that I was going, you know, the more I was training, the worse I was getting. And uh, I just, when I discovered your approach, I love the simplicity. I love the clarity. I love that you had like just a few rules, very few rules, and you were able to explain posture, movement, communication, geometry, all with a few simple concepts, a few simple rules, not many exceptions, and I found answers to many questions that I had, and what I want is to bring some of those answers to our audience. Is that, <laughs> that yeah. okay?
1: Like that sounds like a plan.
0: like a plan. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Uh, Sarah, you started uh, Tango back in the late 90s, and Ivan, you're dancing since 12 years old? Uh, yes.
2: What tango actually started to, later than Sarah.
0: Yeah, I started
1: dancing. I mean, I was I've been dancing all my life, um, but I started dancing tango in '98 when I was a. This is gonna. This is gonna. This is gonna. um, How do you say? Reveal my age. But uh, (laughs) okay, you have makeup. Don't worry about. (laughs) I started dancing in 1998 when I was a freshman at university, and it was a friend of mine, Dad, uh, who was dancing, and she said, "Let's go do this thing," and I was like, "What is this weird thing?" And then I completely got obsessed with it, and yeah, since then I've just been all in tango. Perfect,
0: yeah. perfect. And you you met each other in New York, and uh, then you started. Yeah, start... New, York. New
1: York. Yeah.
2: Long time. Long time
1: ago, ago. he was he was uh, he was just looking for some Argentinian folk at the milonga, but he didn't actually dance tango when we met. Huh. And then I, I need actually I needed a partner to take private classes with uh Diego Di Falco uh, and he suggested he suggested Ivan yeah, and, and say
2: why don't you do the classes with your boyfriend because I was your boyfriend at the time no
1: you weren't my boyfriend we were just casually seeing Where? each other Ivan
2: that's it this is a big discussion about was that <laughs> <or> not yet <laughs> well, was that a date or wasn't a date yeah 20 years later
1: we don't need to get into that
2: we don't have to get into that <laughs> perfect oh. <laughs> I've seen
0: that, I mean, you have taught to students from all around the world over these years, and I want to understand what do most tango dancers experience, in your opinion, in the first years of tango? And what do they start experiencing after the first four,
2: five, six years? Hmm. Uh, So first thing, uh, what happens a lot of the time, and this is really common, and then I will explain why, uh, many of the students, what they mostly if they've already been dancing, first experience shock. And why shock? Because we work in a really different way, how we would say how the rest of the people work. But I would say we do at the same time the same thing that everybody else does.
1: Uh, do, do you mean in general though, or do you mean learning from us? I think you mean in general, right?
0: I would like to understand both. So how oh, do you think okay. Tango students the experience in general with all around the world with different teachers? What is the common stages of progress? OK. And then how is that different with yours? Really
2: with you your know, approach? You're ready to cut me off.
1: No, I'm sorry. I just thought that? I was I thought that was I thought maybe I misunderstood the question. No, so this is why I'm clarifying. Yes. Uh, I think in general what happens is that people are impatient and they demand to be able to dance and so most teachers uh, I think feel a lot of pressure to create that situation for them to give them uh, like shortcuts
2: yeah like a sense that they can do it quick
1: yeah so that in six months you know they can be in the milonga and they feel like they can actually accomplish something so most of the time I would say, um, like 95% of the time, almost all the, all of the time, people learn. Uh, I would say four to five steps. Uh, they they learn how to how their body moves. I don't think they know what their partner does uh, while they're doing their thing, but it gives them enough of a confidence, especially inside of their own school, to be able to go and feel like they're actually dancing in the milonga. I would say that's kind of like big most of the beginner beginner students
2: no uh
1: and then four to five years in uh they 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 (laughs) face the the The, sad the
2: real truth the ugly truth the
1: ugly truth that they've hit a plateau and that they they stop improving because they sort of skipped over some very important
2: fundamentals yeah And then they usually
1: have to go back if if they're motivated, if they're really motivated, they'll go back and they'll sort of relearn all their stuff. But in our experience, there's a huge gap between the way that let's say beginner, beginners dance. There's like one technical way of dancing or one concept, I would say technical, but it's really conceptual way because the way they think about it, dancing. And then there's like a, and then there's like all, most people are here. And then there's like a giant, giant, giant gap. And then there's a tiny little sliver that dances up here. So it's a huge distinction uh, in quality of dance between, I would say, most people and the top five, 5%.
2: That's why at least for us, we try to be really honest from the beginning and make them understand that there is no shortcuts if you really want to learn. And it's really hard for us because there is all type of uh, people that we have. That they have different goals and people you know some people they just want to meet somebody in the milonga other people they want to you know experience a little bit of exercise other people they do want to know it better and, and stuff like that so it's kind of hard because at least for us we always say there is a teacher for everybody and we don't accommodate on the sense that we're not the people that will, will do like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Just have fun and embrace each other and listen to the music and go and have fun. That is true. And there are some true on that. But that's not the beginning for us is to understand that like, look, you have to work on it. So then it's easier and then it becomes more fun. And the more you do it, the more fun it is.
1: Yeah, but that also doesn't mean that, you know, there's some, there's also some idea that, okay, so you're learning how to dance tango, and tango is about walking, mm-hmm. and that means that you need to spend three years walking. Yeah,
2: that's the other extreme.
1: Right, that is also yeah, not true, not. that doesn't mean good dancing, just because you spend three years walking, putting one foot in front of the other, yeah, uh doesn't mean that you're going to be a good dancer, and actually, I would say that,
2: yeah, if you just spend three years, <laughs> will yeah if you just cause spend, issues in your dad also if you spend three years trying to learn how to walk there is a problem there yeah it shouldn't take three because years. it's much uh, i wouldn't say that to simplify but it's much easier than that if the information is more clear
1: so basically the, our prescription would be uh there has to be a balance yes between uh learning good technical underpinnings uh Understanding the structure of dance so that you can actually go to the Milonga and do something in six months to a year
2: yeah.
1: and at the same time uh building uh building it in such a way that there is room for progress later that you don't give yourself uh, as we say in Croatian, a, a bear's a, a bear's uh, favor, right so something you you don't do yourself a disservice mm-hmm. um by, being able to do four or five steps very, very early on feeling like there's something that that you can do dancing wise. And then in the end, that really handicaps you for anything more complex later down the line.
2: That's why earlier I was talking about uh, our own personal uh, ways that when we have students that they come and they've already been dancing, the biggest problem is that is that they learn that way in the beginning. And then, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we are, we are the one that have to tell them, well, you know, you don't really lead. And it's like shocking for some people that they say they've been dancing for 20 years and they're dancing more or less works, right? But there are some things that they feel that they cannot progress. They cannot go in purpose, but just to help them, just tell them, well, look, there are some fundamental things that are not working. So then you know it becomes a, uh, I mean, and then being a shock because of it. If they would start like that, then then it's no so much of a shock. So actually, with beginners, it's much easier because they you know this is what it is. This is how much you work. This is how much we have fun. This is what's the social part of it. This is the history of it. This is whatever you need. You know. So. You you
0: mentioned that. Um... If you dance for three years just doing the the walk and trying to learn it that probably means that your information is not uh clear and i would like to understand something about your approach you mentioned that in a previous chat that tango is often taught as a set of rules with many many exceptions what do you think what do you mean with that
1: i don't know if i would even say set of rules i would say it's taught encyclopedically and what does that mean that means it's called it's taught instant by instance so usually when you go to a first tango class, and I'm not saying this, everybody does this. Yeah, I'm generalizing, generalizing. for, for you know, uh, to make a point. So the, the you know, you go to your first uh, tango class and most of the time people will learn the basic step, right? The basic step that has eight counts, starts to the side or to the back, however it is that the teacher has learned it. And it has a cross where the follower crosses her legs, changes weight. And then they continue, they do the you know the clothes, the legs, and then they continue do this all over again. This is this is the first class. Um, so that would be a movement that is learned as like an entity of its own. So that movement is memorized. Usually they sub, you know, followers on one side, leaders on the other side. We memorize the movement with our body, we memorize what we do, uh, and then we practice it, and then the corrections are usually.
2: specific for
1: that particular movement so it said well when the follower and i'm
2: making making
1: something up right when the follower has to cross you push a little with the right hand for the cross when she has to transfer weight you lift her a little and that causes her to transfer weight and now when you want her to go to the other side you dip down and then you go back up and that will cause the side step. So that will be the correction for
2: that particular step.
1: Yeah, for the basic step, which is um, similar to the basic, but uh, instead of uh, doing the cross and the movement back, now we do the cross and the follower does a forward step after the cross, for example, right? So now in this case, yeah, you you rotate the body instead of pushing with the arm because you don't want her to keep going forward. You want her to unwind and unwinding is caused by rotation. And then you pull her forward. So now you have a second set of, you know, instead of the arm to cause the cross, now you have a different mechanism to cause what you wanted to cause before. So there's like, um, um. there's a um, discrepancy or a a difference is made between the same movement because it's in a different context and uh, so on and so on and so on. So imagine somebody who most likely doesn't have a lot of experience moving, uh, doesn't have a lot of experience uh, with learning choreography right because to a certain extent that that's what you're doing when you when you teach that way um and then you ask them on top of that to have different body cues per each situation
2: so they have to remember each movement they have let's say three corrections they have to remember when they change the movement then they have to remember these other things and then the next movement, this other correction. And like that, it goes forever and ever and never finishes. Yeah,
1: and this is very problematic, not only from the sense of memory, but also from the sense of being able to then use your information to um, um, approach a situation which you haven't seen before, which in the end, as a teacher for us, or uh, as teachers is very important. We want to give our students a toolbox so that, you know, uh, we teach them the principles of how movement works, of how leading and following works. And we showed it to them in some examples, which you need to do in some structures. So they have you know a clear idea of, of how it works. But then we want them to be able to apply those ideas to some new movement. We want them to invent their own movement. We want them to correct. Let's say they 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 love a couple they're watching on YouTube and they see this great thing and they want to copy it. Uh, If you have this toolbox, you can do that. But if you've been taught to learn encyclopedically, then you can't. Because when you see that new thing, you have, first of all, no idea what it is because you don't know how to even think think about it. You have no tools to break it down and analyze it. And then you don't have any tools to understand how it works so that you can create those correct energies and directions that need to be there in your body uh for that new step
0: so yeah yeah got it and i think a lot of times when when we don't have those tools we start watching the videos and we start focusing more on on correlations on ah, okay when he does that that seems to happen at the same time and then we start suddenly creating this confusion between correlation and causation what causes the movement and what is there but not doesn't cause the movement and i think i would love to know what does the word correlation mean to you and how does it influence the way teachers teach tango and maybe how the students learn do you want to send a... no, go
1: ahead
2: um
1: correlation really is uh, something that appears to coincide or appears to be the cause of a movement. So for example the most obvious one and now please people don't 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 kill me or don't kill us <laughs> usually it's the upper body in tango Ooh. So a lot of time especially for things like rotations um uh, people see the upper body moving and then the assumption is that this rotation of the upper body Possibly. is what's causing the, the, the pivot. pivot. No. For example. Um, but uh, if you look at it really, if you understand it from like an um, from where energy from movement comes from and how communication works, a- and if you want to be consistent about this, and more importantly, <laughs> if you want the effect that, which is what happens in pivots, right, that the lower body, so if, if if you imagine me like this, this is my lower body, this is my upper body. If I want the lower body to pass the upper body in a rotation, meaning that my hips go beyond, they rotate more than my torso, that's not possible to lead from rotating the upper body. Yeah? So this... Um, this is probably the most common, for example, moving the arm
2: um, cause
1: to cause a pivot or, or marking a- the time. Some people do, you know, choo-choo or, uh, to mark like tiki 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 ochos um, And there are many other ones, but those aren't. Uh, so then we start to like develop, uh, um, I would say, ideas about how movement works, but in the end, they because they're not causations, because they are only correlations, we have to have a lot of further compensation and accommodation. Um, so, so what does that mean? We have to start uh, dirtying our communication signal. We need more and more and more inputs uh, to create a particular um, result in the follower and the problem with that is they they become more and more and more like codes so um if my follower um you know if uh, my follower won't rotate enough I have to push harder with my arm in one school in another school I have to pull more with my left shoulder um in another school I have to um pass her more so little by little that that thing which is universal in movement and in communication and that's neural mirroring starts to become more and more and more and more muddied and then we have a problem then we can only dance effectively or uh, fluidly with people who understand our language because we are not relying on the inherent language of the body, but on the uh, made up communication, which is the compensation accommodation for what's missing in the original movement itself.
2: I hope that was clear because it could be confusing.
1: Was that clear?
0: It was quite clear. You, You mentioned neuro mirroring.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: you lost me. It there. has to do
1: with monkeys crossing a river.
2: Can you? I we always <laughs> tell everybody the the monkey story, and it works. I, I use it on the school all the time, and people just laugh, but they remember. So <laughs> go ahead, couple of monkeys.
1: Yeah, Ivan is happy that I'm talking because he's eating. We haven't eaten all day, so he's like, Sorry he's enjoying his pizza. Um, so it has to do with monkeys. So, like, imagine that you know we're in prehistoric times and where two monkeys crossing a river and one monkey sees the alligator in the river and goes hey! and freezes. And then the other monkey just doesn't pay attention to the first monkey and happily goes into the river and gets eaten. Well, those genes have just been eliminated from the gene pool and you know the frozen monkey stays. So if we're... If my partner is concentrating or paying attention, and without this, without this attention, there's no communication, there's no connection. If this if my partner is paying attention to my body, my partner should feel inside of my body the something changed. Changes of the density. Uh they should feel um my. Own connection to the ground and the energy that I myself can mimic me this way so not mimic the movement but mimic my body tone and attitude then uh, we can do a lot more together because we are moving more like one body instead of like like two so this would be sort of the beginning idea of uh, how to communicate yeah, just by using the instinctual reactions, being aware of them and amplifying them so that the other person can use them.
2: And we already do them. A lot of us, there's a lot of the things that we already do naturally. It's just that when you don't know what you do, then you cannot, you know, use it for other things and you cannot enhance it. So a lot of people naturally, they already do it, but then they're taught that you should do this. So then you extra, extra. And I always say your body is smarter than what you think, <laughs> right? Of course, if you guide it correctly and you do these natural things that you already do, then it's even better. It becomes more natural and it's, again, I don't want to simplify, but it's easier. And sometimes we make it so complex there are all these extra things that you have to do to accomplish something that is much easier. Yeah, so,
1: so as to your question earlier, what's the difference for us, especially between teaching, let's say, very beginners and people already have learned for a few years, focus on paying, for them paying attention to these inherent things that they already do with their body to move, mm-hmm. whereas with people who have been dancing for four or five years, it's dip, more difficult because they have already built into their movement these extras that muddy the waters that that create problems in the signal. And it's very hard to eliminate them. It's really hard to get rid of them.
2: Um, this again is because yeah. the beginning, well, for a lot of people is like, they go for the shape of tango, for how tango looks like, and not for what how is uh, naturally for them to move.
1: So the internal work of the body. They are prioritizing, um, I would say, style or coordination, to just paying attention to their internal work, and then and then um, working as correctly as possible in their body, just in the mechanic of their body, and that kind of mm, brings us to the idea that leading is not so much about making the follower do something. Mm-hmm but rather moving yourself correctly Mm -hmm. and and passing this information to your partner so that she can also move in this way. So leading is moving yourself correctly. It's Mm -hmm. not doing anything more than that.
2: This for me is really important because for a long time, I'm a um, dancer before tango, but I was more of a soil, I mean, like dancer. Dancing in, as a couple, I only did salsa. And all the things that I did, they were not like holding each other so close and all of that stuff. Just chilling. No. So. The, the hardest thing for me for tango, it was that. It was um, when I danced tango, I felt uncomfortable. I felt like somebody was like bothering me. It's like, just let me move free. I was moving free <laughs> for all these years and now I have to depend no, on like. this other person. It was so hard to do <laughs> it with anybody, of course, that I would dance. And it's because my understanding at that time about Leon and following is that I have to make her do stuff. I have to take her and make her do something. And the idea in a way, the way that, w- that we learned it, he gave me one skill that was good, but also gave me too much responsibility that I felt again like that, that I have to carry her with me and to do everything. And I didn't feel free. Yeah, the but- whole way and her whole body, her whole brain, her whole feelings, all depended on me, pretty much.
1: And so, I was, i never did anything wrong. It was, I was beautiful. Yeah, I,
2: I It was, was like,
1: Sarah, just point your foot a little more. I was like, oh, oh,
2: okay. Perfect. And I was doing I do everything. That. So, again, that extreme, <laughs> they, it was good in a way for us. That was a... thats Well, a- for
1: him, it was good. It was not him. good for me. Yeah. It was terrible
2: for me. That again, that's an old way of teaching. And um, it was great for me because I could grab the dog and make him do a boléo literally i mean not really but that extreme right but only back then if i could carry him if i could carry the person you know it's like don't do anything just you know
1: just be a little dead just be a little just resist more less do less right be free free your leg free the free leg the free leg should just
2: right so then i could be dead so then i could shake her body and then the leg will move yeah so it would like like like,
1: imagine my axis on my standing leg it was like a tree (laughs) right? It was a tree and he was like holding me and he was like shaking the tree. And then my poor little leg would like, you know, bloop,
2: bloop, like yeah. fly so Anyway, he created a lot of things, uh, some good things some some bad things. The bad thing for me, from where I was coming from, again, from feeling free and really feel like I could dance, he felt like I couldn't do it. And then over time, when we started to keep working on this stuff and trying to understand really what we were doing, that, that was our yeah, we we
1: tried we tried turning and we failed miserably
2: because yeah we didn't understand why we couldn't turn <laughs>
1: like this. You can't turn like this. Yeah. No.
2: I mean you cannot really, really, really turn. You
1: can turn like a three-quarter turn. Yes. But beyond that, mm, if
2: you want to do more stuff, it's not it's, so much. It's not possible. So we wanted everything. We didn't want to stay only with one little thing in tango. We want the whole spectrum of tango. So when we discover that, you know, that it doesn't have to be like that it was a question about just me just moving and on the end it was like that it was some uh, much much simpler the idea is not that I wasn't thinking about her anymore or not paying attention to her
1: actually the other way around had to think through my legs to be able to create what he was what he creates right
2: but doing it through my own movement not thinking of that I have to carry her I didn't have to literally try to you know like uh Graph her and make her do anything, but at the same time, it will create such a, a strong leading that I could shape her leg on any situations any way that I could. So that helped me to be able to dance again with anybody and do whatever I wanted. But it was it took time for us to to figure that that out because we didn't learn like that. But on the end, it gave us a lot more freedom on the sensation that I didn't have to again carry my partner with me we were more of a team right let's say forty-nine, fifty-one, and Y 51 because i have the responsibility to start the movement unless there are some other ideas and some other conventions that anybody can start the movement but for us we're really equal in that sense but on the end is uh, again much simpler if you understand your own body movement you understand that you are supposed to transmit that to the the other person and you create this su- sufficient energy in your body to be able to tra- to transmit them then it's easier then i don't have to be thinking that i have to move her again i will still put her foot in a particular place it's not like freedom you go just yes, there is freedom on all of that but somebody has to be the captain of the boat at least to start and then things can change, right? Because as much as I can communicate something to her, she can communicate it to me. Uh, But at the same time, we could be really precise, but without me moving her. Because that was the interesting thing about when, when we learned in the beginning. I could be really precise and literally put her foot in a particular place, right? I could open her hip in a particular place and put it there. I could do all those things. But it was a little more, let's say, manual, how I, I have to do it. And then over time, we discovered that that's not really what you have to do. I mean, that you could do it better. Now we can say that it's no so manual. It's a little more, I wouldn't say automatic, but it's almost like before we were connected to a wire and now we're wireless, for saying, right? And the only thing that does that is that she does the same that, that I do in terms of she responds the same. And this is what takes us to to the, the monkeys' ideas. You know, when
0: I listened to you, I, I kept thinking about some of my best tandas, you know, the tandas that I remember. And I, and I realized that they had this feeling of freedom that suddenly I didn't have to do everything. Yeah. Suddenly there was a beautiful moment in the dance and things happened. Yeah. Very beautiful. Yeah. And I, okay, I didn't have to do, I didn't have to lead all the rhythm, like, you know, when you dance bolonga, yeah. for example, you have to like lead over leap everything. It's like no, I, I want to be able to express. And if you start having all these responsibilities at the same time, you feel kind of trapped.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's what give you that sensation of freedom. I mean, imagine like uh, this is something that you can learn. It's not something. This is what what the, I could say about us, and it's, it's hard because we don't uh, we're not good at promoting ourselves and saying you know I'm good at this or that. You know, is is not in us. But the one thing I could say is that we can explain uh, the idea of connection because a lot of people talk about connecting and what does that mean. But the connection comes sometimes from something could be a little bit, uh, and there is nothing against that. There is some of it eventually, you know, the, how you you know you feel eventually. But at the same time, you have to be something a little more. Um, mechanic there is uh to be able to connect there is something mechanically that you can learn to then eventually it goes into that sensation oh i felt like that and we connect so well none of that but they have to be before to be able to move you have to be able to do something physical that help you to move together because i always explain this as a performer if that day i ate i don't know something that was bad for my stomach oh let's say my cat died or something happened that I don't feel you know like I could perform people don't know that and to be honest people don't care they just want to see the show you know for the ones that appreciate the show and then we'll go to the other side but um so I cannot depend that I feel emotionally connected to my partner you know and that embracing each other more is going to help us to perform better sorry but not this This is kind of like actors you know you uh you have to be able to they say you have to cry and, and you have to cry and all of that is a question of training you know so we, this is the same this is something physical that I do to be to connect to easy thing is that we all already do it we just don't know that we do it so again it's the monkey idea. So. Eventually, you know, it's much, uh, again, it becomes uh, easier because you could do this with everybody, regardless if the other person is aware that they're doing that. So this is, I would say, the main thing that we do is that we can tell you exactly how to connect to anybody and any style and any way. And it's just for something that we all do it already, but we just don't know. And we just, I don't know, I feel that we dig so much to try to understand because we really like the learning part of it. And it really helped us to challenge ourselves to try to understand and be able to do everything. Because like I say earlier, we like the whole spectrum of tango. I wanted to learn everything about it and we did everything. So I want that my technique allowed me to do that. So that way I could dance with the person that danced tango nuevo, Uh, The person that dances just milonguero, the person that does whatever they do. And that's on the end, that's kind of like the communication should be universal instead of just, you know, the milongueros with the milongueros, the saloneros with the saloneros, and tango nuevo with tango nuevo, whatever. So, So if I understand correctly,
0: for you guys that when you're trying to understand connection you're starting from the physical part the mechanical the parts of how the body actually works, and you have this. uh, idea of mirroring so when a person does something their own body, you need to be aware of it and then recreate it in your own body, so you can have this kind of communication, and if you have those elements then connection can happen.
2: Yes, just like that. I mean it's it's pretty simple if you think about it, if better ways and you know worse ways to connect your body. For us, if you stand straight, it's easier to create the you know the the connection that goes from the ground up, let's say, right? And of course it's easier to connect your your body, your muscles, how they have to be. Then from there, once that you know your own body and you know how to move, then the only thing that you have to do is to pay attention to the other person. And this is like on the end, on on connection, the first thing is to be able to pay attention to each other. It's really interesting because I was teaching this. We have different groups, different levels, but there is one of the groups that got to that point that they've been working enough on their own personal, you know, movement, right? That then now it's like, okay, guys, now it's time that you start paying attention to the other person. And so that means that we're going to connect with each other. And they were like, Oh, I thought we were already connected. You're Like, mm, well, not really, you were choreographically moving together. Right? Uh, so it looks like you are connected. But the I mean, if you think about it, do you, for example, leader, do you know what the follower was doing? It's like, "Uh, well, no, I don't know. Okay, there you go. So already, you've been moving by yourself which is okay because you're learning your own things that you have to do and now you have to pay attention to your partner which eventually that was you know going to help you to be able to start the idea of connecting and then once that you can do that then you can go even deeper and deeper into you know all the other things that you know it could bring depending on on the person the feeling whatever um yeah i mean that's the the most that's
1: the most unfortunate thing i think a little bit is that um People are sort of um, um, expecting that there is some chemistry that happens. Oh yeah. Uh, when you dance with somebody, like oh I like dancing with this person, we have good chemistry, or I don't like dancing with this person, we don't have good chemistry. And that that is kind of unfortunate in yeah. the sense it's that it relative. reduces the number of people that you can have satisfying dancing with. No. And I don't mean satisfying just like okay we we are doing the same choreography at the same time. Let's say we are very well synchronized. Um, I mean, like we could really dance in a connected way with pretty much everyone, regardless of their level or their style. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that has to do with one simple idea. And the idea is that um, most of the time when we don't feel chemistry, it has to do with energy uh the other person let's say the other person feels very heavy usually that is is that they are either not responding than you when somebody feels very light their energy amount is higher than the one that you that you're putting in um then for example there's certain movements like
2: you say when they're lighter yeah they're putting more energy than
1: you are putting in so they feel they they escape you Mm -hmm. right um so um, there are some very basic things that have to do with attention and with uh, this being able to know what your body does well enough that you can pay attention to the other person that would solve, I would say, most of most of this chemistry,
2: chemistry it's thing. It's so crazy because it's so simple. It's yeah. so simple to learn it. Again, it's better if you guide them to, I mean, if I give them on the first class, they won't be able to keep it because this is the, the biggest thing is like, to be able to keep that connection and that attention, it requires that your, your own mechanic is good. Because let's say, you're supposed to maintain this sensation that there is something in between.
1: Like a between, magnet. Like a
2: magnet sensation. Right. Because that's kind of how, how it feels, right? Um if the position in of my body is not efficient, maybe in walking in front of each other, I can do it. But then the moment I go outside of the embrace-
1: Oh, outside partner, right?
2: Outside partner, then it's gone.
1: So in outside partner positions, you need to have like a split vector. I know that's not really correct physically, but I, I think of it this way. You have to maintain two directions, one in the line of movement and one in the direction of your partner. If you don't have enough energy towards your partner, you pass them in space. And we see that all the time. That people that the leader will pass the follower as they walk in outside partner. If there's too much energy going this way, the movement starts to curve, lose the linear, the line. So the things that have to do, and this is this is, you know, this is the this is the biggest problem with tango is that it always comes together. It's mm-hmm. all one ball. Right. Your body mechanic, your geometry with your partner, the attention that you pay to them, and and your own skill in creating the directions and the energies that are required is what makes the dance. And they they happen simultaneously, but we can't learn them simultaneously. So we have to learn them first, mechanic, that's one thing in my pocket, my own mechanic. How do I stand? How do I move? Then the geometry between us. And for most people dancing today, solving geometry Already, will, will feel like a huge amount of progress.
2: Yeah. You just fix their geometry and naturally because of the geometry, lead and follow works much, much better.
1: better. Right.
2: Just- just with them,
1: but there you have what would be called like a second level of leading, positional leading. Yeah, things like leading ochos and stuff like that that doesn't require energy going in too many different directions. Yeah, that so, are different.
2: For example, for the
1: leader and the follower.
2: If you want to lead her across, right? There are many ways that you can do it, but the first level of leading in a way is like you do the cross, so then she crosses because I mean, your own
1: axis movement will create her axis movement, right?
2: Right eventually <clears throat> it gets more complex Once so you understand the direction that she have to go then you don't have to go with her
1: so the second one would be instead of cr- crossing yourself behind you open your foot and you send her but you go straight so now your direction is not matching hers mm-hmm. yeah but you're still creating that energy for her the third one would be you're causing her to go backwards in a diagonal as you move away from her, for example.
2: You go right? opposite. Whatever. You go
1: opposite. So the fourth one would be you create one energy of timing for her, meaning, let's say, a slow, let's say she's she's on the violin crossing. No.
2: That's uh, acceleration. Of... No, yeah. no. What? You lift her, but you don't move.
1: Oh, yeah that would be that's true no. that would be like an acceleration though
2: yes yeah, for her and then the acceleration and yeah. then the other one yeah they're they different
1: so there there are different kind of levels of skill and those lef- different skill levels allow you to do different types of movements and i think that's also not something that's emphasized enough mm-hmm. people think that with any skill level you can do an enroske, for example but to no. really do an enrosque uh you it requires
2: Mm. <laughs> well a combination of many of those things
1: many of those things that somebody who's been you know who can barely lead across will not have so teaching somebody in Enrosque in the sixth month of class
2: yeah, it's is crazy. probably
1: counterproductive to their further development
2: the only productive thing that could be you do it just for fun
1: and then you kind of do it as a choreography where yeah. they kind of have to help each other but I would it's better not to do that it's just
2: well, it depends what's the goal of the class. So I think about it like this. Um, in the class, there is a percentage of technique that you have to work on. And it has to be another part of that is social. And it's another part that you try to do something that you, you might not accomplish really. Right? But eventually, you know, let's say an enrosque, they, they, they are not ready for that. But they really want to do it because they have seen it. Right? And they're like, oh, I want that. Like the enrosque or the boleo, or whatever. So, you might still give it to them. They might not be able to do it really, but at least they experience that, oh, you know, I accomplished all these other things technically, socially, you know, I talk to people, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then the last part, you know, oh, I have this boleo that I still cannot do completely, but I'm kind of learning it. So, they feel like a sensation that where they're going.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree with that, but only with movements that can be done as embellishments.
0: Awesome. I hope that was useful. You can find below links to Saren Ivan's profiles and more info. More uh, the, the, the next parts of the interview are coming out soon, if they haven't already come out by the time you, you listen to this uh, episode. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are out. For more free tips, make sure to subscribe to the Curious Tanguero newsletter too. It's You simply need to go to thecurioustanguero.com. There should be links somewhere around the content. And if you want to support the podcast, you can go to Amazon and buy the book Wendy Embrace Whispers for yourself, your tango friends, and your non-tango friends. It is a heartwarming novel about Sarah, not Sarah Cardin, different Sarah, a woman yearning for more beyond the ordinary. Her life takes an unexpected turn when she discovers tango, leading her into a world brimming with passion and self-discovery. It's a story about love, loss, friendship, and the courage to pursue your heart's desires. The title, once again, is When the Embrace Whispers, and it's for both tango dancers and for those in your life who have no idea where you disappear to every night. Links and emails should be available somewhere around this content. Hugs and stay curious.